Hello, y'all, and welcome back to another request episode of the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Cody Stoffer, and today our requests span from as north as Brighton to as south as Palmer Ridge High School. But we're going to start off closer to the Denver metro area with Brendan McCardle out of Arapaho High School, 6'2", 195-pound safety slash outside linebacker. And, you know, Brendan didn't have too much film, so that's why I'm starting off with him. And once again, if you are sending in requests for film, we need the full name of the athlete as well as the school that they're out. And if possible, please send in the film that they do have through Huddle or whatever. With that being said, let's get back to Brendan here. So some of the strengths that Brendan has is he's a very hard hitter. I also think that, you know, he takes really solid angles, whether he's at the safety position or when he's closer to the line, playing more of a stand-up edge slash linebacker, or at least when I was at Arapaho, it was kind of what the warrior position was called, was that outside linebacker D-end hybrid. So I think, you know, they trust him to be athletic enough to play that position as well as safety, and they trust his range of motion. I also think that he reads plays on his play side super well and does a pretty good job of maintaining contain whenever he's asked to do that. Not a lot of runs get outside of him on his highlight reel. And, you know, I think that additionally, he's pretty all right in zone coverage. You know, I think that he plays very assignment football whenever he's asked to play zone coverage. And then I think that, you know, so part of Brendan's appeal as an outside linebacker slash end position player, or even blitzing from the safety position, is that he times blitzes really well. You can tell that this guy watches film, he understands snap count, and he understands what he has to do to exploit, you know, a team that's trying to get away with using the same snap count over and over again. So, you know, he, he times his blitzes well, sometimes he goes right through open gaps because he just times it so well. And then, when he's not blitzing, he also shows the blitz well and is able to drop back pretty quickly after showing blitz, even though he's not going to do exactly that. So I think he's a very cerebral kind of player at the outside linebacker position or safety position. And, you know, I think that, that it, those are two of the things that he has going for him, you know, the most. As far as areas of improvements, I will say that Brendan doesn't show a lot of top end speed. I don't think that he's particularly fast, and so I think that there's not a lot of man coverage film because I feel like he's definitely a huge liability in man coverage because he's not super quick. You could see, you know, whenever he's playing safety, there's not a lot of film of him playing back in cover two or cover one coverage, and if he is, he's like 14 or 15 yards off the ball and is playing definitely of a quick abandon to the back end of the field. They like to roll him up to that outside linebacker position and ask him to play more of those medium kind of zones because his top end speed is just not super impressive. And he's not a very fluid player. I think that he's kind of clunky, especially with his hip movements and moving, you know, kind of side to side and opening up and showing some explosiveness and burst towards the ball. I I think that he could definitely work on that. And part of that comes with doing some more power cleans, I'd say, and workouts like that that focus more on explosion. Obviously, squats would be a really good one. And then working out some hip rotation and flexibility. So you could work on that a little bit in ladder drills or specifically tire drills. You know, if you have access to empty tires, definitely using those to work on your hip mobility and flexibility. I also think that while he reads plays really well on his play side, He's very slow and unreceptive to plays on the backside of wherever he is. So whenever he has to move across the grain, he doesn't move super well across the grain. 
Granted, he still does end up taking a good enough angle to make the play sometimes, but you know, he runs into traffic and he doesn't really use his hands too much to kind of shove other players out of his way or rip and tear. So I definitely have a little bit of a concern with his arm strength as well and his reaction time. I also think that he could work on his leverage. He doesn't get super low whenever he goes to make tackles. And he's not, I think that also contributes to his lack of explosiveness. So as far as outlook for Brendan, I couldn't find him on social media actually. So if anybody who's listening knows Brendan McArdle out of Arapahoe High School, the outside linebacker, 6'2", 195 pounds, then please make sure to tag him or comment him in whatever episode this is on social media so that he can find it and kind of, you know, we can get a bit more of an outlook on him. But I think that, you know, at best, he's probably a D3 Juco kind of player. Based off of the film that I've seen, he did, he just, A, doesn't have a whole lot of film. So, you know, I think that that definitely kind of hurts him a little bit. And, you know, he's not the most explosive player that we've looked on at Playmakers Corner. But obviously, you know, I say all these areas of improvements, hoping that Brendan takes them seriously. And, you know, if he wishes to go to the next level to address them and to be the best football player that he possibly can be on that next level, wherever it might be. So best of luck, Brennan. And coming up next, we have Andrew Portillo out of Aurora Central High School. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Stauffer, doing Requests Part 10. And we're talking about Andrew Portillo out of Aurora Central High School, the 6'4", 255-pound DN slash blocking tight end. We will open this up by saying that Portillo hasn't played yet, and he plays in the spring season. So keep your eyes peeled for him, along with other Aurora Central High School players. And he currently has an offer to the University of St. Mary, which is an NAIA school. And I think that that's an appropriate offer for him. And let me explain why. So Andrew, we'll start with some of his negatives or areas of improvement. I definitely think that his footwork could use some work. He definitely has a lot of false steps and, you know, he kind of has like a stutter step on the defensive line more than he should. And he also crosses his feet sometimes moving down the line. So this leads to, you know, kind of a lack of balance and a lack of explosiveness at times and allows opportunities for offensive linemen to get underneath his pads because he's kind of a little bit clunky moving off the edge. So I think that 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 opens up opportunities for the offensive line to make some plays on him and put him on their highlight reel. I also think that he's not particularly fast for a defensive end. He's definitely more of kind of like that 3-4 defensive end that you'd be looking for because he's just big and he's a pretty good run clogger and I'll talk about that in a second. But he doesn't have a lot of speed just in general and especially coming off the edge. And when he's standing up, he's somehow even slower than when he's in a three-point stance. So I definitely think that he loses a lot of leverage standing up and he's already really slow when standing up. And so he should have his hand in the dirt on every play. That's just kind of what I would do to maximize Andrew's efficiency coming off the edge or maybe even sliding him into the interior. I also think that, you know, he needs to lower his hips when engaging in offense and defense. Oh my gosh, almost forgot. 
Thank you, Mason Austin, for a lot of the scouting report and points on this guy. So, and I'll, I'll make sure to bring back up when we talk about strengths, but Mason Austin, you know, and these are things that Mason and I both notice. He needs to lower his hips when engaging in offense and defense. And, you know, part of his biggest red flag, I'd say, is that he stands up all the time and he loses leverage constantly. I also think that, you know, he doesn't have great arm extension on defense and it might be attributed to a lack of balance because he almost kind of like falls into other players and falls into their blocks a lot of the time. So, you know, those are those are definitely some red flags. And then at tight end, there is not a single play that we found where Andrew was targeted. So we don't know what his hands look like at the tight end position up until this point. And also, additionally, there's no stats listed anywhere for Andrew. So that makes him kind of a hard player to research as well. But Mason Austin, once again, big thanks for finding some of these strengths. And I'll add on with some of my own. But you know, some things that were no noticed about Andrew, obviously you love the size at six foot four, 255 pounds. We even talked and he definitely looks a lot heavier than 255. He's probably more of a 270 would probably be my guess just based off of his, his frame for sure. And he might even be a little bit taller than six four, but he, he has great size. He has next level size for his position and he has really quick hands and he's able to get kind of a pop on defense whenever he gets the chance. And also he has great extension when he's on offense and he drives people off the ball super well, which, you know, might make for some confusion for his arms, not having the best extension on defense, but you know, that's going to be something that he can focus on is translating some of the offensive skills to the defensive side of the ball and some of the defensive skills to the offensive side of the ball. But talking about his strength, still, he's a great run defender. He makes great reads and he makes great decisions on the move whenever he's trying to play the run and he has a solid set of rushing moves, especially, you know, he has a really solid bull rush, I'd say, where he can push a lineman back, you know, depending on the matchup that he gets. And one thing that Mason pointed out is he has a super great swim move. Mason really likes the swim move because it kind of plays to his size and frame a little bit where, you know, he, he just tries to play the get skinny kind of method. And he just goes right over, over players and pushes off of them with his long reach and arm with, with that huge frame. Mason also likes that Andrew is a great blocker who engages his hips and drives the defender super well, which once again is kind of a testament to something that he can bring to the defensive side of the ball. But anyways, he doesn't give up on plays and he's willing to make plays from behind and he takes really good angles, even though he's not the fastest player. So while his top end speed is definitely a concern and maybe even his burst, he takes angles on the defensive side of the ball to make up for some of those you know, faster players that he may have to match up against. And, you know, he doesn't play against Hinkley, but, you know, he'll have to channel his best angle taking if they were to make the playoffs and Hinkley were to make the playoffs and they end up facing each other. Because I would like to see how Andrew's angles measure up against one of the best backs in the state in Tyron Draper. But as far as outlook for Andrew, I think that, you know, NAIA is definitely a good level for him or Division Three. I think that those match his skill level. And I think that, you know, whatever college picks him up understands that he's definitely going to be a project player who has a lot of fundamentals to work on and he has a lot of leverage work to do. But if they can get him in the weight room and they can improve his strength so that he can play a bit more at the height that he plays at, then, you know, those would obviously be great things to maximize his value on the field. So, you know, lots of weight training, lots of leverage training, lots of balance training, I'd say would be the biggest things for Andrew to focus on to be the best player that he could be 
at the NAIA or D3 level. So that's all we got for Andrew. You know, we appreciate whoever made the request. And obviously, you know, to anybody who has a request done, consider this an invite onto the show. And, you know, we'd love to have an interview and pick your brain and talk your game with you as well. And last but not least, shout out to Mason Austin for helping out with the scouting report on Andrew. Coming up next, we have one of our top honorable mentions in Eli Bowman, who played a variety of positions and was a huge playmaker. Coming up next. All right, welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Stoffer, and up now we have Eli Bowman, the six foot one, 175-pound wide receiver slash safety out of Brighton High School. And this guy was a dynamic playmaker on both sides of the ball. So I'm gonna talk about, you know, his his strengths at wide receiver and then his areas of improvement, and then his strengths at safety and his areas of improvement at safety, and then talk some outlook about Eli. So Eli Bowman, he's definitely an excellent high pointer. You know, he he's super physical when running routes. I feel like he can beat the press, whether he's lined up in tight at tight end, whether he's in the slot or whether he's split out wide. And he's super physical when the ball's in the air and he's super physical after the catch. He has one of the nastiest stiff arms in the state. I'm pretty sure I might've brought it up during the wide receivers episode, but Eli, you know, he's dangerous after the catch because he really can just shed tackles and, you know, it says 175 pounds, but he sure plays like he's 190. He plays big and he plays strong and he plays kind of like a power receiver position, which is a bit of a surprise. And that's why when I saw his senior year film, they had him lined in at tight end quite a bit more. I wasn't too surprised. So he he, li- he lines up at tight end, like I said, at outside receiver, slot receiver, and he takes handoffs. So he's a very versatile player. I think, you know, they've called jet sweeps to him. They've called wide receiver screens. They've called tight end seams. They've called play action boots. They've called, you know, a bunch of different plays to get Eli the ball because he really is dangerous with the ball in his hands. And you could kind of get a key for that, you know, with his 28 receptions for 529 yards his senior year and his two TDs. So, you know, he's a very explosive player. You know, there's multiple plays where he's shedding tackle after tackle after tackle. And I'm pretty sure that he might have even had more TDs than that because, I mean, there, there's just a lot of touchdowns on his film. So, you know, he's he's super dynamic. He's very explosive as a player. He has excellent leg strength, I'd say, where he's able to carry players for a few yards or just truck right through them. And I also think that as far as ball skills go, he has great ball skills you know he adjusts to the ball in the air very well and i think something that's also attributed to you know a great sense of balance that he has is that he adjusts to the ball you know the quarterback wasn't able to put it exactly where he was all the time whether he was getting hit or the pressure or this that or the other but eli bowman you know he would be running a seam route and he could turn it into a post route because he would determine where the ball was and adjust accordingly so you know the fact that he has kind of that foot eye hand eye coordination for for his size and kind of the bulkier player that he plays as i'd say you know he has great ball skills and he can adjust to probably any ball in the air and that translates really well to the safety position and some of these strengths and areas of improvement i'm going to be talking about 
both in the safety and in the wide receiver position. And I also think that, uh, to conclude, he has great field awareness and vision. You know, he returned a lot more kicks and punts this year, I'd say, than he did his junior or even sophomore year, according to his huddle film. And so he was able to have some big-time returns for, you know, Brighton High School. And, you know, anytime the ball was in his hands, he was a threat to take it to his house just based off of the pure power and muscle and stiff arm that he was able to show when he had the ball in his hands. I think when it comes to the next level though, there's definitely some things to focus on for Eli here. I say that on the next level, he's definitely gonna get called for offensive pass interference in some certain situations. I think, you know, while I like his physicality in the air and his ability to high point the ball, he definitely needs to tone it back a couple notches. Otherwise he's gonna get called for offensive pass interference, which, you know, negates the catch and it brings your whole team back a few yards and you know, it's, it's just a headache. So he needs to work on keeping his hands, you know, more focused on the ball and less on the defender because he pushes off sometimes depending on where he's at in the field and kind of what route he's getting thrown. I also think that he doesn't have like a huge plethora of moves from the film that I saw. You know, he has an excellent stiff arm. So obviously if that works, then that works. But I think that he could work on his footwork when it comes to jukes and cuts, I'd say. And just, you know, I think it also translates to his routes too. So I, I'd say like if Eli, if you're listening to invest into a speed ladder and kind of work on a lot of footwork things, cause it'll help you with some of your areas of weaknesses. Like your, your jukes and cuts aren't the most crisp that I've seen. And you're pretty high when you do that. So also just kind of working on that leverage. And also I don't think Bowman has the best top end speed. It's not listed on his huddle. And that's always kind of a red sign when, they're not even willing to really put a number on it. And I don't think that he makes a lot of the plays that he makes because of his speed. I think he makes a lot of the plays that he makes because of his physicality, which obviously, you know, is a strength, but on that next level, you're going to want to improve your speed. And also I think that he's not a super precise route runner. He rounds a lot of his routes, you know, whether it's wheel routes that, you know, he kind of takes like a diagonal angle on or runs them a little bit too much like the way they're drawn up, drawn up I'd say and he doesn't adjust them as much to the field or you know use kind of like football IQ a little bit to adjust to the defense and what they're presenting I also think he also rocks onto his back foot during takeoff and loses some time so you know that's another footwork thing that takes off of your top end speed it takes off of your route running is doing that little rock back or that false step at the wide receiver position I also think that, you know, Max Preps doesn't exactly help him out because it doesn't talk a whole bunch about his production. And, you know, they only have like seven receiving touchdowns for him on there. Grants, he has a couple more rushing touchdowns, but compared to some of these other cats that we've talked about that have caught for double digit touchdowns in a season or, you know, like the Nate Gravagnos who have over 30 touchdowns in their career, you know, it's really hard to match up against that. And I think that's why Eli Bowman fell just outside of the top five of are top receivers in this state. I'll talk a little bit about safety here and I'll mix it up a little bit and talk about his areas of improvement first. So Eli Bowman, he almost never plays man coverage in the film that I've seen. And he plays super off the line, which I think is a testament to, you know, he doesn't have the greatest backpedal and it's kind of his footwork all over again on the defensive side of the ball where that top end speed just isn't super great. And, you know, he, he's not able to kind of shift and change direction super well i put that you know his footwork is pretty clunky at the safety position and that's without having a super great top end speed already 
So, you know, in that position, it definitely limits the kind of plays that he can make. And so that's why I think he plays cover two, like 15, 20 yards off the ball the majority of the time whenever he is playing in pass coverage. And cover two zone, you know, it's certainly a coverage, I'd say. And it's just really simplistic and it's not as demanding space-wise as a lot of other positions. And so, you know, a lot of his interceptions, he's kind of just playing like, you know, a right fielder kind of thing where the ball is just thrown up and he just so happens to be in the area sometimes. So with that being said, you know, I think his strengths are a lot of his strengths on the defensive side of the ball are the same strengths that he has on the offensive side of the ball where he has he's a great high pointer. You know, there is this one interception against Heritage High School where, you know, he's kind of helping bracket the tight end a little bit. And so the quarterback throws a deep thing and the tight end's going to go up and get this jump ball. But Eli, he climbs a ladder to make the interception. So, and I think that obviously his ball skills and being able to adjust the ball in the air really well and using his field vision and awareness on interceptions and returns speaks volumes when he had five interceptions in this shortened season along with two pass deflections. So once again, his ball skills are definitely probably his strongest trait as a player, whether he's on the offensive or defensive side of the ball. You know, when the ball's in the air, his mentality is, that's my ball. All right, I'm going to make this play. So I really like his go get it kind of attitude and his aggressiveness in the air. Once again, even on the defensive side of the ball. I also think that, you know, he's super strong in his arms. And obviously, you know, you would assume that he has strong arms because his stiff arm is so strong. So you see a lot of this back and forth between both styles of his play on the offensive and the defensive side of the ball where he has a pretty, he has a pretty mean bull rush you know he's pushed linemen into the ground with his arms and you know he has great extension and he locks those arms super well and you know that op opens up a lot of opportunities in the run game for him to be a contributor and rack up tackles he had 49 tackles in this shortened season at the safety position where he usually plays like 15 yards off the ball so his ability to step up into the run is not questioned in my eyes and he also wins leverage whether engaging blocks or tackling people you know part of his physicality is he you know, he can go up high, but he's also willing to get low. So that center of gravity is huge to me. And he's a very physical tackler. And man, he hits hard. There's some players where he pops them and, you know, they don't hold on to the ball or, you know, he forces a fumble or he pushes them backwards, even though they arguably have the momentum going against him. So, you know, I'd say that his burst on the defensive side of the ball is a bit better and his physicality, you know, staying playing a bit more on the ground is definitely his strength. And you could see definitely that you know it's two sides of the same coin with Eli Bowman whether he's on offense or defense he's kind of the same player and if I want to talk outlook you know Eli Bowman is a very intriguing prospect at six foot one 175 pounds you know for Eli obviously I'd like him to probably be a bit bigger if he could get up to that 190 pound kind of range I do think that there is potential for Eli to be a division one player just based off of his physicality and maybe moving positions you know i think obviously this is like a really far-fetched kind of dream but if he could get up to like 205 pounds i think that he'd be a solid linebacker maybe on the fcs level but you know his top end speed does hurt him quite a bit and for that i think that for the time being he's probably a division two player or he could look into juco to try and get more of that collegiate coaching and use that time to adjust to school and stuff and get his grades up and then from Juco, I do think that he could probably go FCS, if I'm being 100% honest with you. I know that he can contribute on some of these teams where other players are playing at, and most most of that is physicality, because 
once again, as Coach Booten referenced on our cornerbacks episode is you can teach a guy technique, we could teach leverage, we could teach this, we could teach that, but we can't teach a football player how to love football and how to love to hit. And Eli Bowman loves to hit, he loves to punk players, he loves to shove them to the ground with a stiff arm, he loves embarrassing other people, you know, and that's something that you just really can't coach from just a football aggression kind of standpoint. And that's something that Eli has within him. And so that's why I think he's definitely a next level player. And I wish nothing but the best for Eli moving forward. I think that he has a lot of potential and I would love to do a film breakdown on him whenever he does, if he does hopefully play on that next level. And I think that this Brighton high school team is losing a pretty big player, both, you know, as far as physicality and just, you know, production goes on both sides of the ball after this 2021 graduating class. So speaking of schools that are going to be losing quite a few talented players, we have one of the most dynamic players in the state of Colorado who honestly was like an honorable mention at like, or should have been mentioned honorably at four positions Coming out of Palmer Ridge High School, we have Caden Dudley coming up next. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am your host, Cody Stoffer. And to conclude, requests, episode 10 is a film breakdown long overdue about Caden Dudley, the six foot, 190 pound Boise State commit out of Palmer Ridge High School. Dudley is a three star athlete, wide receiver, safety, cornerback, linebacker unit out of Palmer Ridge High School who had offers to Kansas, Colorado State, Arizona, CU, but ultimately ended up committing to Boise. So I'll start off with his areas of improvement, both as a wide receiver and as a defensive player, because there's really just not that many. And I'm definitely going to be nitpicking a little bit, but I will say that as a wide receiver, you know, his lack of diversity in route running is probably what held him back the most from being featured on our top five wide receivers list. You know, I think that he just didn't run a whole bunch of routes other than particularly go routes or even seam routes from mostly the outside wide receiver position. So we looked for a bit more versatility outside, inside, and a lot more routes. He did expand his route tree quite a bit, I think during his senior year. But the unfortunate thing is that, you know, that was the most limited year of film and there's just less games being played. So, you know, there's also kind of a big statistical drop off. And part of that, I think, is definitely, you know, that that senior year. And there there are multiple weapons on this Palmer Ridge team, which is just unfortunate for Caden. But, you know, he'll bounce back just fine and excel for Boise, I'd say. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I think that his stance could use some work. And I think that playing multiple positions might have interfered with him finding a comfortable stance at linebacker or safety or cornerback because it just looks kind of flat. And granted, he's athletic enough and fast enough to overcome kind of a flat start. It is something to consider. And I think that's something that he will end up working on and, you know, even overcoming and being good at 
at Boise State because, you know, he just is that kind of guy who has a lot of fire, has a lot of passion, and is one of the hardest workers probably in the state of Colorado. And I think he'll bring that same mentality into Idaho. I also think that, you know, at least at cornerback, I think that his responsibilities were pretty minimal in the past game. You know, it looked like he primarily played cover three or just like deep kind of zone. And I think that he was helped out a little bit by a solid front seven up front. And, you know, that's kind of the same thing that we talked about with Miles Purchase and Al Ashford. So, you know, those are just some things that I saw. But talking about his, well, we'll talk about his defensive strengths because it looks like he's going to play wide receiver at Boise. So we'll kind of save that for the end. But, you know, some of his stats that jump off the pages, you know, his junior year, he had 90 tackles. And between his sophomore and junior year, he had 14 Count them up. One, two, three, four. 14 interceptions in two years. So averaging seven interceptions a year is insane. I'm pretty sure he had eight one year and six the other. So obviously those stats jump right off the page on Max Preps. And there might have even been more. And he was a dynamic threat to take any interception that he got to the house because of his athleticism. You know, talking about strengths, he beelines to the ball. He's an excellent form tackler. I think, you know, obviously one of the things that makes Caden such an intriguing prospect that was so highly coveted by these Midwestern schools is he is an insane athlete. All right. He has next level speed. No doubt. You can see it on the film. And while he doesn't have a 40 listed on his huddle, I definitely think that he's probably in that four five, maybe even four, four ish, four, six kind of range. He's super explosive. And you can see that when he explodes to the ball, making a play in the run game. You can see that when he breaks to the ball, making a play in the pass game. He's able to intercept bullets. He's able to intercept lob passes. He's amongst one of the best jump ball guys in the state. And that's standing at a flat six foot. You know, there's definitely some bigger guys that don't utilize their size as well as Caden does because he's so explosive in his legs and his hips. He, you know, he runs hard and he hits even harder. And, you know, part of the appeal of Caden Dudley is the versatility. I mean, like I said, he played some corner and he played some safety. He played some linebacker and he showed proficiencies in man coverage as well as zone coverage, depending on what position that he played. You know, he mainly played cover one or cover three. If he was at cornerback, mainly cover three. If he's at safety, mainly cover one or a cover three kind of look. But, you know, he's able to play some of those softer zones as a linebacker as well. And he was just super physical. I would have loved to see the chance to get him to play some bump and run because I think that he could play bump and run with the best in the state. And he takes amazing angles to the ball. And I think that's part of what makes him such a fun player to watch is he just explodes onto the scene. And, you know, he makes a mess for for whoever he meets at the point of the ball. And I would not want to get hit by Caden Dudley when, you know, I was playing high school football, which I would probably call my physical prime where I could take a beating. I wouldn't want to get hit by him and I wouldn't want to get hit by him now that I'm a I'm a grown man. So, you know, Caden, he's definitely a dude on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, I think it's I wouldn't be surprised if Boise found ways to get him to play some defense and to mix and match him a little bit with Seiyi, who is our number three safety. If you haven't listened to that, that was episode 21 of our top safeties in Colorado. So I once again, I just want to clarify that a reason that Caden, we meant to honorably mention him like four times, but part of our hesitancy to honorably mention him is we were like, well, he plays so many positions. He's bound to make top five at one of them. And 
you know, he's literally like number six at like every position in the state, I'd say, that he does play. And that's just like a kick in the rear, I'd say, for for us because we wanted to talk about him. And so I'm really happy that I get to talk about him on this episode. Kaden is a dynamic player. And to be a top six player at like four positions or three or four positions is a huge testament to the athlete that he is and the versatility that he brings and the grind that he will bring to the Boise State football program. But talking about Caden Dudley, the wide receiver, you know, I think that the biggest reason that he's he's recruited to Boise State is his speed. You know, they were able to find FBS speed, you know, power five speed and, and take it to the Mountain West Conference. I think that he's going to dominate against some of these cornerbacks that he's going to face off against in the Mountain West. I think that he's going to have good looks in practice against some of the other players that Boise recruited for defense. He's super athletic, and you can see that when he high points the ball on the offensive side of the ball. He mosses double co- double coverage. He's double covered, maybe even triple covered. He will come down with a jump ball. I'd say probably 40 to 50% of the time in his high school film against Colorado competition. He's unstoppable when he gets up in the air. He obviously has great explosion. You know, his burst in and out of cuts whenever he does run some of those routes is really fluid. He has fluid hips. He's a very smooth player whenever he gets the chance to show off some of the routes that he got to run. I'd say more so as a senior in high school. I also think that, you know, his speed, kind of like Jack, who I talked about out of Pomona on Request Episode 8. Once again, if you haven't listened to that, go ahead and check that out. But his explosiveness and his speed opens up so many different releases that he has. You know, he has that ability to take that stutter and still get behind the defense. He has that, you know, that side jab. He's able to go out in, out you know, when he's running those out routes. So he's a big deep play threat. I love to see him run some hitch and goes because I think that he'd excel at that with the footwork that he has. And, you know, his variety of releases opens up even more routes, I'd say, on that next level. Might I add that as a quarterback in his career in high school, he has 177.77 quarterback rating. You know, that's a, it's a little bit of a, of a meme, but you know, he did have a great deep ball on his one for one 77 yard touchdown throw as a junior. So kudos to Caden for having one of the best QBRs probably in Colorado history. I mean, shoot one for one 77 yards in a TD doesn't get much better than that. But talking about some of his stats, you know, he definitely exploded onto the scene as a sophomore with 30 catches for 341 yards and six TDs. And then he followed it up with a monster junior year where he had 35 receptions for 794 yards and nine touchdowns. Max Preps is definitely kind of on one. And I think that, you know, this shortened season might have limited some of the opportunities that Caden Dudley had on the offensive side of the ball. But if you look at his junior film, you understand why he's committed to Boise State. You understand why he's a three-star athlete and you understand why he's so coveted and highly respected between Simon and I. I speak for both of us when it's just like, dang, like, you were literally just outside, and I'll, I'll admit, it's on me that we kind of forgot during the honorable mentions of the wide receiver list because I was thinking about our first request episode that I was going to be doing, but Caden Dudley is a bona fide Colorado legend, I'd say. He's going to go down in Palmer Ridge history as one of the best to play there. His versatility is A1, and you know he's going to excel in Boise State. And so my outlook, kind of talking shifting to outlook here for Caden Dudley is I think that he's somebody who could be a first year starter for Boise State but you know with the back to eligibility it wouldn't hurt to you know take that time to 
work on a little bit more in the weight room and get some of those numbers up because I know that he can get even stronger in one year as a redshirt, get into the film room and then work some more routes. I think that, you know, the whole route tree is open because of his footwork and athleticism. And so I want to get him as many reps as possible before I have to throw him in and ask him to run some of these more complicated routes that I know he's capable of running. So I'd say a redshirt year. I think that Caden could be a three-year starter at Boise State. Maybe... It definitely at least a two-year starter at Boise State, but definitely could be a three-year guy. And I think that he could eventually be an all-conference player in the Mountain West, if I'm being completely on honest with you, whether that's first or second team or even honorable mention for all-conference. He's definitely that high of a caliber kind of player. There's a reason he was so highly sought after. And I think that, you know, there's potential where if he expands his route tree and he shows that same explosiveness, you know, six foot, 190 pounds, he's definitely a bit on the shorter side as far as receivers go. But when you're as dynamic as he is, I definitely see a role for him on an NFL team if he expands his route tree just based off of it, the athleticism and explosiveness that he has. I would not be surprised if Dudley made it to the NFL. That's how good of a player I think Caden Dudley is. So obviously, once again, if you hear this episode and you want to come onto the show and talk your game and whether you want to defend yourself or you know kind of explain your story or whatever, and this is an invite to everybody on this episode. Please reach out to us. You can DM us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, whether that's Playmakers Corner or at Playmaker Corner. So those are the best places to find us. I had a lot of fun doing this round of requests. We definitely have a wide range of talent on this episode. And once again, shout out to Mason Austin for doing the scouting report on Andrew out of Aurora Central. Thank you so much for listening. Keep an eye out for upcoming episodes, whether it's requests and we'll be, we'll be thinking about some basketball stuff. So thank you so much for tuning in. I've been Cody Stoffer and peace.